Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Screaming in Silence podcast, Obstacles into Opportunities. For most of us, severe pain is thankfully a fleeting experience, but for some, like myself, it's a permanent companion. For the past 25 years, everything I've done or experienced has been accompanied by chronic pain. Yet, to the surprise of most, I consider myself one of the luckiest people alive and I'm thankful for this journey. Through this podcast series, I'll share with you my story and the insights I have gained that have allowed me this perspective. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. This quote from Marcus Aurelius is just as relevant now as it was almost 2,000 years ago when he wrote it down as a reminder to himself. No matter who you are in this world, we all face situations that are seemingly out of our control, that work against us and appear to leave us helpless and without hope. I found myself in this exact situation 26 years ago. As a young man facing crippling pain that no one could help with and losing the use of my arm, I truly found myself in a situation that could be described as one with very little hope. But somehow I found a way to turn this dire situation into one that propelled me forward, one that would shape me for the better and give me new opportunities in helping those who are struggling. As Marcus said 2,000 years ago, the impediment to action does indeed lead to advancing action. Of course, this is easy to say, but maybe not so easy to put into practice. Think of the times in your life that you too have found yourself in a situation where nothing has gone your way, or when what you planned to happen absolutely did not, when you have suffered setback or loss or made mistakes that you thought you could never come back from. We have all been there. These events stand out to us because of the pain we went through, the embarrassment, the loss. This stings, and as not many people truly enjoy these feelings, we often look upon them as times we would rather forget or do everything we can to avoid in the future. Instead of looking for opportunities within these situations, we see them as having taken something from us, hurt us, or dragged us down. I see this very often within the pain community. The loss of freedom, the struggle of living in pain, the difficulty in coping with disability. People in situations that are, for the most part, out of their control, feeling hopelessness and despair. On the surface, this would seem natural. No one wants to deal with this sort of adversity. No one wants to be facing constant battles. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger? Not always from what I have observed. There are those that are tired of facing what is trying to kill them, that it doesn't always make you stronger. There are many people expressing frustration, anger and hurt because of what has happened to them. Once again, this would seem to be quite a normal response. In fact, so common is this perspective that there is no hope. Within these pain communities, when a comment is made about feeling helpless or without hope, there are hundreds of responses echoing this feeling. This is in stark contrast to any comment that talks of hope or offers help. These comments get maybe a handful of responses, and very often some of these are ridicule. And yes, I too have found this response to some of my comments. Even if there is no ridicule, these comments are often ignored or glossed over. Recently, a question was asked about coping with nerve pain, something I consider myself quite well versed in. In a diplomatic manner, I answered the question with my experience, and the responses I got varied. There were quite a few that were interested in what I had to say, asking more, and there were of course a couple of responses that suggested I was simply pretending to not be in pain. One person who did like what I had to say asked me to repost my answer as a topic of discussion, so tentatively I did. There were four responses. This doesn't bother me. 
I've always said if I can help just one person, then it makes my journey worthwhile. But it did get me thinking more about myself and why I see things the way I do. Now, you don't need to be a chronic pain sufferer to face things that are out of your control. Not at all. All you need to face encounters like this is just to be alive. Everyone will go through hardship at some stage and will feel powerless. We will doubt ourselves. We will become fearful. But in every obstacle we do encounter, there is opportunity. There is an opportunity to grow, to learn. There is an opportunity to find the good. There is an opportunity to turn something negative into something positive. Some say this type of positivity is toxic. I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, toxic positivity. I have some strong opinions on this subject, and I'm sure that's of no surprise to you, dear listener. Here's what a quick search online of toxic positivity returned. Comments like, look on the bright side, everything happens for a reason, and happiness is a choice, are all supposedly examples of toxic positivity. Just as it shouldn't surprise you that I have strong feelings about this, it shouldn't also surprise you that I have been accused of spreading toxic positivity either. Let's look at these three examples, because while they are only the first three I found, they are also three that I choose to perceive my life with chronic pain and disability. I'm not rattling off advice without having walked the walk. Criticisms of these three examples are that they shut down the chance for the sufferer to talk about what they are experiencing, that they are a way of avoiding dealing with the other person's pain, and that they inhibit growth. It's argued by some that this is shaming and creates guilt and avoids authentic human emotion, as well as brushing problems away like they don't exist. The criticisms of these comments interest me, because that's not how I see them. So let me explain my own personal view of them. I'm not saying that my view is the right one, but it is the view that has got me to where I am today. Someone who lives a full life, who understands pain and struggle, who is empathetic and compassionate, who some people are inspired by. I'm no expert in the matter, but I've got this far and I'm doing pretty damn well. Look on the bright side. This to me is about acknowledging our hardships, of realising and comprehending what we have been through but balancing it with the fact that things are not as bad as they could possibly be, and that there is good in every situation. In my opinion, when we find ourselves in times of adversity, not everything is working against us, even though it may feel that way. It's funny how this one in particular gets mentioned many times, but I've yet to see anyone criticise the old saying of, every cloud has a silver lining. Everything happens for a reason. This is an interesting one for me, because as it's spelled out, I don't believe it. I don't believe in a force called fate. However, I do strongly believe that we can find good reason within anything that happens to us. I'm living this sentiment. For sure, at first there was no reason I could see why my accident happened. But now with hindsight, I definitely know there is good reason. And that is the help I've been able to impart to others over the years. It's not the reason my accident happened. That was my own doing but I can definitely see good reason in it now. Happiness is a choice. Oh boy, have I copped some flack for this one. The author Mark Mason makes this argument in his best-selling book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F.CK. He takes it further though, and I agree with him. He states that everything that happens to us leaves us with a choice, and happiness is one of those choices. This, to me, doesn't inhibit growth. For me, it advances growth. How can this be? When we are faced with something we cannot change, what can we do about it? Let's use my journey as an example. A young man is involved in a serious accident, one that will leave him with crippling pain and permanent disability. 
he has most of his life in front of him, but a life that will be filled with pain and difficulty. He faces three choices with how he will deal with this emotionally. He could choose to be sad and regretful, focused on what he has lost and the struggles he will face in life with this injury. He could be indifferent about it, leaving it in the past and continuing on his journey in life. Or he could choose to be happy about what has happened, learn from it, take the lessons it's brought him, harness the strength it has given him, and use these tools to be better suited to face life's other hurdles. No prizes for guessing which path I took, which leads you to hearing my story on this podcast. I'm sorry, but not many want to listen to a story without a happy ending. I know I don't, so I chose the path of happiness. Let me share with you one more example. Nearly six years ago, my brother suffered one of the greatest tragedies a parent could ever experience. His 16-year-old daughter was killed in a car crash. I cannot begin to comprehend the suffering, the hurt, and the loss he has experienced. I'm a father myself, and I can't even think of one of my children dying without feeling anguish and pain. But he went through it. He experienced it all. He suffered immensely. He could have let it completely break him. It's happened to others. But he chooses to be happy with life. We catch up regularly and he's quick with a joke, quick to laugh about life, quick to give me a ribbing. He smiles, he lives, he chooses to be happy. There is not one doubt in my mind that he misses his daughter in ways that only a parent who has lost a child could. There is no doubt he is acutely aware of the pain he and his family have been through. There is no doubt of the almost unbearable sadness he has experienced. But he chooses to live. He chooses to not let the grief engulf his life. He chooses to be positive. His choice is to be happy. Choosing to be happy doesn't mean you can't feel sadness. Finding reason within something doesn't stop us from acknowledging the adversity we went through. Looking on the bright side doesn't stop us from expressing our feelings or from experiencing growth. For 26 years now, I've had this perspective and I've grown so much more than I would have had I remained sad or full of despair. I fully understand the scope of the suffering I've been through and I've inspired people with my journey. I know of people who wallow in their grief and have done so for years, and they are still stuck in the exact same place they started. Angry. Hurt. They have not grown. This doesn't mean I've never felt sadness about my situation, been frustrated, or thought, why me? What it means is that I have fully acknowledged my pain and hardship, but I realise immediately when I have those thoughts that I do have a choice. I can choose how I perceive what has happened and I can begin to move forward in the best way possible. The impediment to action has advanced action. Perception, as I outlined, is critical in changing how we understand what has happened to us. Whether it's chronic pain, the loss of a loved one or any of life's other hurdles that come our way. But perception alone won't get us to where we need to be or to become the person we want to be. That requires action. We need to take steps to overcome what hinders our progress. So, how can we turn the worst thing that has happened to us into the springboard that might lead us to greatness? Especially when the event may seem to be overwhelming. For me, it's the same way you would eat an elephant. Small bites. Or as the Chinese philosopher La Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Mathematics was one of my strongest subjects, and I remember as a young boy of around 8 or 9, I peeked a look at my much older brother's maths homework, and it petrified me. I couldn't understand a single thing on any of the pages I looked at. It was overwhelming. And then it occurred to me, he was 6 years older than me. He had 6 more years experience. I realised then and there that I was looking at only part of the picture, that to understand what was on those pages, I had to go through the rest of the journey he had been through. 
This reassured me that by the time I was his age, I would have the knowledge and experience to understand the complex formulas that perplexed me. That long journey started with a single step. But that was in a school environment where I would be not only guided on my journey, but forced to go on and keep up. Out of school, life isn't like this. We need to get ourselves up and start moving. In the early days of my accident, this is where I found myself. A lot was said to me by my surgeons and therapists, but the one thing I remember them all saying was, sorry, there is nothing we can do for you. I was on my own. And while I was eager to leave hospital and return home, this made the reality of being on my own even more apparent. I mentioned in earlier episodes that I can be pretty bullheaded at times, and I'm thankful for that. It was up to me to work out how to face life with my newfound existence. No longer did I have hospital staff waiting on me. If I wanted to eat, I needed to work out how to make myself something to eat. Bathing, dressing, tying shoelaces, tying a tie, all these basics I had to work out. And I did, bite by bite, step by step. If I had focused on everything I would need to overcome, it would appear overwhelming. Zeno, the father of Stoic philosophy, had this to say. Well-being is realised by small steps, but it is no small thing. It is important to focus on the process, not the results. Then we can start to feel less overwhelmed. I couldn't let excuses like, things are not ideal, or this isn't fair, hold me back. I needed to live again. And that's life for all of us. Things will never be perfect, truly fair, or even ideal. And we could use these as excuses if we want. But then that wouldn't be life holding us back it would be ourselves. Had I let those thoughts take a hold, I never would have experienced the growth I have had. And if those thoughts do come into play, we need to change the process, to stop regarding ourselves as screwed over, and instead start looking at how we can change what we've been dealt into what we actually want. This does take will, and at times a lot of will. Perseverance is vitally important in overcoming any challenge, and is important in turning adversity into opportunity. One of my sales managers back in the late 90s had a great saying that sticks with me to this day. Remember the old school motto, through perseverance we shall achieve. Thomas Edison is a great example of this. The actual number varies, but it is estimated that it took Edison over 1,000 attempts before he succeeded in making a working, viable light bulb. Bill Gates and Paul Allen, who had found Microsoft, failed in their first venture, Trafodata, but credit that business with teaching them valuable lessons that helped them earn their later success. They took opportunity from their obstacle and turned it into one of the largest companies in the world. There are untold numbers of stories of people who have failed time and time again, but persevered and achieved their goals and more. Pain and adversity are great teachers, if you want to pay attention to the lessons they can pass on. Not only will they strengthen you for further hardships, but they can teach us vital lessons for later success. My journey with chronic pain and disability has done exactly this. Having to be forced to weather the storm mostly on my own has made me more resilient to pain and setbacks. It has taught me the importance of patience. It's taught me to make sure I focus on the important stuff in life and taught me how to focus during times of hardship. It's taught me to focus on the process and not the results. What impedes action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. The power resides in us to achieve this. We are the only ones who can quit, who can say we cannot do what we set out to do. We all suffer hardship, loss, heartache and pain. We all go through struggles, and they all matter. My struggle is no worse than yours, no harder to cope with. Struggle is subjective. 
We all have different tolerances, different abilities, strengths and weaknesses. But it is up to us, and only us, how our story ends. Even when faced with the greatest obstacles, when we feel there are no options, we still have choices. There still is opportunity. People who have been wrongly imprisoned for years and finally freed often hold no ill will against their captives. Having been stripped of all their power and control, they realise that the only control they cannot be stripped of is how they let their adversity affect them. The obstacle they face became the way they grew and moved forward. They can choose how their story ends, just like you and I can. So, how will your story end? Thank you all very much for your continued support of the show. The feedback I'm getting is amazing, and I'm really enjoying sharing my journey with you all. Don't forget, you can further support the show by joining the Patreon community. You can find the link to it at onewingkiwi.com. Until next time, have a great week, take care, write your own story, and I'll see you next time.